Welcome back to another episode of Around the Grid. My name is Parth, and I'm enjo- I'm joined with my co-host Raj. Hey guys, what a dramatic race we just had um, this past weekend, and I honestly don't want to record this episode because it's kind of heartbreaking as a Red Bull fan. Um, but I think also as a Bottas fan. But how do you how do you feel about it, Raj? Listen, <laughs> I feel like if that collision hadn't happened, we would have had a real we would have had a really boring race. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. We probably would have seen some midfield action, but nothing at the top, like what we saw today. I just feel like it would have been a handbot work to the end. Yeah, maybe. But we'll never know. We'll never know because we just made a bowling. Yeah, basically bowling, bowling alley and hit a strike. <laughs> All right, a very expensive so we'll strike. It. Yeah, well, several million dollars, but it's okay. <laughs> it's not okay. It is what it is. Whatever. Moving on. Moving on. Let's get. Let's get into qualifying. Yeah. Okay, Hamilton, of course, on pole. Bottas in second. I don't expect that to happen. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me neither. Verstappen in third, Sergio Perez in fourth, Pierre Gasly in fifth. Yeah. Um, Q1 was fairly uneventful. You know, we saw the regular people get knocked out. I don't, I, Russell actually got knocked out in Q1 for the first time. I was surprised by that year. too. Yeah, I didn't actually, I don't see that coming, but the Haas were gone, the Williams were gone, and then Sonata also got knocked out in Q1. And then Q2... Science crashes and he reflects the session, and he starts P15. Unfortunate. Uh, apparently, there was like a gust of wind or something, mm-hmm. and then he just took an L because of it. It's hard to control a car when they're just sensitive, but yeah, yeah, that's what happened. He went into a wall. Hope it's good that he didn't break his gearbox or anything, because that would have been of another penalty. Yeah, it was a pretty big crash. Yeah. Um, Ricardo um, again is out in Q2. I feel like we see glimpses of Ricardo that we want, and then it just kind of disappears. Um, and of course, we didn't see that in the race because of obvious reasons. But I feel like on a track like this, because it's pretty similar to Monaco, and yeah. Ricardo did pretty badly in Monaco. I, f- I felt like this would happen again. Yeah. Because it's, it's really tight, extremely, you need a lot of confidence. And if you're not confident in the car, you're not going to do well here. And that's exactly what we saw. Yep, yep, yep. Um, in Q2, Mercedes took like a. I guess not a gamble. They kind of big brained it, where they went I from. I feel like it was a gamble. It was really much a, a lot of gamble because Hamilton was P six, Bottas was P eight or P nine or something. That's true. Yes. At the end. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they Mercedes decided to qualify in Q two on the medium tires, and everybody else went on the soft tires. Obviously, qualifying on medium is an ideal strategy because you get to play around with it a lot more. But it, it almost went pretty poorly for them. Yeah, they made it, and then Q three. This is kind of just. Found pace was the Mercedes. Just, like I remember, it was like not even close between them and Verstappen. Uh, I mean, for the first couple of laps, the first two or three hot laps, it was pretty close. But then, even in the end, Verstappen was I think two or three tenths behind yep, Bottas, exactly. and Bottas was two or three tenths behind Hamilton. And it, it was just the top three. But it, in general, the top three were just on another planet compared to everybody else. It was it was it was really weird to see. But um, Alpine did pretty well in qualifying, like relatively well, I guess. Alonso qualified P9, and again, Ocon qualifies Alonso, P8. And what I found interesting was that P4 to P10 was separated by only 0.3 seconds, and P3 to P4 was separated by 0.6 seconds. So that just goes to show how far ahead Hambot Ver compared yep. to everybody else. Yep. And I think Hamilton got a lot of hate, too, because the last... 
lap they were trying to do, the, f- the timed lap, um, both the Red Bulls came out behind the Mercedes, and people thought that Hamilton was going to slow them down, which he didn't because his outlap, his last outlap was the fastest of out of his, any outlaps that he did yeah. in Q3. So you could that tells you that he was not deliberately trying to sh- slow the Red Bulls down. But again, you know how the fans People are. People are going to hate no matter what. Yeah. Like, even Verstappen and Horner were just okay with it. They're like, okay, yeah, this this happens. It is what it is. Yeah. But all the fans were all just raging. I don't want to be that guy, but maybe the fans should learn from Verstappen. <laughs> they should learn how to, how to remain calm. Yeah. Which is, I don't really understand what their issue is. Been but relatively but, good about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, maybe not I expected I expected some fireworks from Horner honestly, but nothing happened, which is it was I, whatever. Yeah, I guess they're okay with it. But I, who, who, the person who did get screwed over was Perez. He did not get to start his final lap, and he ended up in peace. Probably like less than a second late. Yeah, I mean, it was like yeah, it was less than yeah. it was unfortunate. But I feel like I don't know. I just don't get why people were hating on Hamilton for that. Like, it, I think. I think Verstappen could have passed him at any time. Press could have gotten past him also, but or maybe Red Bull could have released him before. I don't know. Anything could have happened, but I don't think this is Hamilton's fault at all. I guess the P5 again, he did really well. Um, he just has been super consistent with his qualifying as well. You know, normally we see Norris in P5, but yeah, this time Galaxy qualified him, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Norris ended up in P6, and then I think Leclerc was in P7. But you know what? Qualifying did not matter one bit this race. <laughs> yeah, that, those medium gambles that, that um, Mercedes took had nothing to do with the race. Yeah, because what the fuck was that race, my guy? Like, yeah, it was actually It was worst. all over the place. It, it was a good race, but it was... It was a good race. It was just... Man. It just hurts, man. After Silverstone... It was a roller coaster of emotions. It yeah. was. After Silverstone, I was really hoping to get really good points. And throughout the whole season, I've always been, what, cautiously optimistic. Because I knew this would be coming. I knew the tides yeah. would turn. <laughs> it was too good to be true. Okay, well, it's not tides to... They, they both have had two bad weekends so far. Yeah. Mercedes and Red Bull. So but I, I guess knew, it's kind of I knew more. it was going to come. It was just too good to be true. And it came. Okay. And hopefully it's, that's the end of it. But let's go through the race. Esteban Ocon. A surprising win. Um, first for him. First. Did anybody see that coming? Alcon no. winning a race. Like, what? <laughs> I honestly thought Vettel would have overtaken him. But Alcon yeah. did really well just just staying ahead. Oh, actually, I remember when, you're, when we were discussing predictions, you actually put Vettel in second by mistake. Remember that? Oh, my God. You yes, mis- I did. You mistyped, you mistyped Verstappen as Vettel. <laughs> and, <laughs> so you actually got that. I, that's actually true. Oh, my God. It was maybe my, my, maybe my phone was telling me something. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, so well. Sebastian Vettel takes second. Um, Lewis Hamilton makes a comeback, a huge comeback to to, to take third. Um, and then Carlos signs fourth, and then Fernando Alonso also fifth. So really good points for Alpine and uh, Aston Martin, but uh, we'll talk about if he actually gets those points. We'll talk about how this happened. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about how this happened. Should we start at the beginning? Let's start at the beginning. Okay. Verstappen gets a fantastic start. 
Bottas gets a terrible start. <laughs> Norris As always in the rain. Yeah. Norris overtakes him right away. He's clearly ahead, like a whole, like actually ahead ahead. Um, and then into turn one, Bottas, I guess, Mitch judges his braking and rams into the back of Norris, who in turn, it's like a domino effect, goes into Verstappen. And then uh, Bottas, who has no control of his car at this point, slams into Perez. Uh, so the Red Bulls both get huge damage. Um, Perez retires. He has possible damage uh, or engine damage, which sucks because they had just replaced Verstappen's engine literally the night before. Um, and then there's a lot of damage for Verstappen's uh, floor. So like the right bar board, I think it's called. So it yeah, really affects his... Floors for Verstappen yeah, it really like affects his... Um, what's it called? Downforce a lot. Especially during this track when you don't have a lot of um, straights. Kind of need the downforce. Yeah. Um, Norris also retires from damages just a lot. I mean, he couldn't do anything. Poor guy was just a passenger in all of this. And uh, that ends his 15 race streak of getting consistent points. Remember just... how last episode I literally called that this would happen? Yeah. we Actually, yes, we did. We were talking <laughs> about... What did we say? That it's gonna, it's inevitable. It's It happened immediately right after. Like, wow. That's I, crazy. I, okay. I, We're actually yeah, sounding so. like podcast hosts now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Bottas, of course, Bottas also retires. He breaks the entire front of his car. And then, obviously, he's got to take responsibility. He did take responsibility for it. He personally apologized to Perez and Norris for the mistake. I don't know how they took it. They seem pretty pissed in the interview, but I don't think Lando took it very well. Checo right after Lando. Time. Okay, I just this this is a part of the reason I don't like. He's just really arrogant in my in my mind. He still has some maturing to do, I think, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, he is like well, like twenty one. He's like Verstappen four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so he he has time. I guess like I you, you gotta understand though. He, well, he's gonna be pissed. Yeah. He didn't do anything. I'll be pissed too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was just a passenger. Same thing with Checo. He, dude was... He got a fantastic start too, Checo. Yep. Uh, it just... It, it just, like... It sucks when you have nothing to do with the incident and you just kind of just became part of it. Same thing with Leclerc too, which we're going to talk about in a minute. He was just heartbroken. Um, yeah, he was like... Okay, we'll talk about that yeah. later, actually. So, Verstappen has a lot of damage. And uh, right after that, there's a, there's a red flag. And they try to fix it, but it's not 100%. Um, yeah, they were like taping up the car. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, it was duct tape. It was like, anyways. Yeah, so duct tape, all the fixes, everything. Let's talk about the same incident that was happening at the same time as the Bottas incident. Because right behind him, Stroll, um, he goes on the inside of turn one, and Leclerc was already on the, the apex of it. And I don't know, I think he was trying to avoid the damage ahead. So he took the right, like the inside of it. Yeah, that, that's what Lance said in the interview. Yeah. Trying to avoid the carnage ahead. So yeah, so like he went onto the grass the and he line. rams into uh, Leclerc and he just kind of collects him and also sp- spins uh, Danny Rick around too. And again, Danny Rick, another guy who just, I mean Leclerc too, who had nothing to do with the crash, just became part of it. And uh, Stroller and Leclerc retired from damages. Same thing with Rick. Uh, as as Max that he was able to get the car back to red flag and fix it, but I'm pretty sure it was not 100% at all. Um, 
And and then here here we go into the penalty. Let's talk about the penalty real quick. Because Bottas and Stroll got five grid place penalty for Spa. Do you think it's deserved? I, I They don't give penalties based on the severity of the incident. They give penalties based on what the driver did. And both drivers did the same thing. Therefore, they should both get the same penalty. Yeah. I get that. I feel like there could be a more severe consequence because I feel like what? the severity does has. Well, okay. What? Now what? this what? is a this is penalty? actually this is a different precedence I'm gonna upset into because if I, if I say severity, then then Red Bull Silverstone comes into mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like that was I still stand by that the fact that that was a racing incident. I feel like Lewis didn't have anything to do with it as much. I still stand by that fact. And I feel like here it could have been avoided. And the fact... There's a lot of room for interpretation here. Yeah. I know. But like, the fact that both the Red Bulls have significant damage. And now, I think Checo said that the engine is damaged as well. Which is huge when it comes to cost cap and stuff. Because... uh, Also, keep in mind, both... Sorry, um... Red Bull... You only get three engines per year. And yeah, as they were on their second Checo's engine. engine does sure. damage, that means both Red Bull cars will be on their third engine for the rest of the of the you calendar. Cut off. Hello. And if you yeah, ha- yeah, if you have to change your third engine to a fourth engine, that's a grid penalty. And we know these engines aren't meant to last. Each ideally, each uh, each engine would last a third of a season, obviously. But they've gone through two engines in half a season leaving one engine for the rest of the entire season. So if they break this next engine, they're going to get grip penalties. Yeah, which, so, which I mean, I guess they will just have to do with because there's nothing else they can do. Yeah. It's either it's lose reliability or start at the back. So it's going to be a gamble for Red Bull as to what they do. But I, judging by how the cars hit Perez's car, I feel like maybe, I, I don't think the engine's going to be broken. Because you saw how bad Sainz's car hit the wall, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. In qualifying. And his engine was fine. His gearbox was fine. So I I doubt Perez's engine will be broken. Yeah, Maybe but... Maybe like an intercooler or something. It but. makes me think like... Because Verstappen qualified on the same engine he used in Silverstone. And the night before the race, they changed his engine. Yeah. So like they found something. Or, or maybe they were just being cautious and were like, all right, we're going to change it. You know? you can't always find these loopholes I feel like it was a pretty unique situation this time I don't know exactly what happened but it, I feel like it was a pretty unique situation and you can't just you can't always be changing you you, you can go back to older engines that's the thing but yeah I don't know I, I don't feel like Red Bull is gonna they can't they obviously can't use six engines during the no they can't year. they can't so maybe four at best but I, I doubt they'll be able to do something like this again yeah let's talk about the formation so, lap because you know, you would think that this would be the the, the most of it, but it's not. <laughs> it's just the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Formation lap, we go um, on the way to the standing start. Everybody pits except Hamilton because the rain has died. It's just sunny again. So everybody Actually, goes... I'm going to go over the format for this real quick, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, so since the race got red flagged and it was wet... What they do is every car, all the cars fall up in the pit lane for the red flag, obviously. And then after the red flag is, after the red flag is released, every car goes around the track and you start, you basically do a race restart. You start at the, at the start finish line again. 
during this formation lap, drivers have the option to pit if they want new tires. They can tell the team they want to pit, but the team can't confirm. So it's a one-sided communication. So what happens is that Hamilton decides to go to the start-finish grid, but literally every other driver decides to pit for slick tires, but Hamilton's on intermediate tires. And that was a gamble that did not work out. Yeah. So, so Hamilton was literally alone <laughs> on the race. There's going to be so many memes about this. Yeah. He was literally the only car on the race grid. And then he went off. <laughs> yeah. But then he pits the lap later and ends up in last place. And he has to recovery drive. Yeah, but he recovered, I think, good enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, that was a good drive. So from P14, was it? Um, yeah. Which is last because six people were out to P3. Or I guess P2. We'll get into that later. Yeah. So, Alcon is now leading with Vettel, P2, Latifi, P3, and then Sonoda, too, because he started the back back. So, yeah, that was kind of surprising. Yeah, 17th after qualifying or something. Or and like then 16th, I think. Yeah, and then we're stopping is P11, and then Hamilton is P13. Um, Mick Schumacher, we saw, like, a lot of battles at the end that you usually wouldn't see. Like, we saw Schumacher... Yeah battling with Verstappen, which was probably the most weirdest thing to see. That was see. a scary moment. It was a scary moment, because it touched a bit. Yeah. Um, and then Ricardo as well, he battled with him too. But I mean, it was fun. It's seeing good things, Schumacher actually racing. It's good experience for him. Yeah. For, I'm going to say, for when he gets promoted to Ferrari, this is good experience. Yeah, for when. Yeah. <laughs> and then... So, the main battle of the whole race was Akon versus Vettel. Literally, from the race restart to the very end, they were always within 1.5 seconds of each other. Vettel was always 1.5 behind. He just could not get past. Yeah, I think Vettel had the fastest car, too. He did. Definitely did. He just could not get past. And you know, Vettel had a slow pit stop. I guarantee you, if that, if that pit stop was a second less, he would have had the win. How long was the pit stop? It was 3.3. Slow pit stop. Was it the left or it was like the right? No, left. I feel like it was the left side of the car that something had. I don't remember what it was, I but I think I feel like I remember his his was slow. Yeah. Yeah. So that I makes think sense. the pit stop might have cost him the win. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, I think, I preferred the battle between Alonso versus Hamilton way more. Oh yeah, yeah. That was just legendary. That was like six laps of battles. It was 10 laps. It was maybe, 10 laps? Maybe 11. Yeah, it was from 55 to 65. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy shit. And Alpine versus a Mercedes? A, yeah, yeah. And the Mercedes wasn't even hurt. Alpine wasn't hurt either, but... Yeah. This is also a tough track to overtake on, but yes. Alonso's defense was... It was Fucking monumental. That was, that was insane. Because it was so clean, too. Yeah, there was no collisions. It was just... Respect between both the drivers. No the collisions. Uh, Hamilton was complaining, but I mean, well, what, when you're stuck behind someone for ten laps, you, you're gonna be mad. Yeah, it's it's nothing new though. So yeah, but dude, that was so fun to watch. But yeah, Hamilton does eventually like lap sixty-five. This is a semi-lap race. Lap sixty-five, Hamilton gets passed, and then after that, he just starts storming yeah. through again. He quickly gets he quickly gets past Signs. And then by the end of the race, he's just one second away from Vettel. So, I put this yeah. in the notes. I guarantee you, Alonso gifted Akon the win by that monumental defense. Yeah. I mean, I think he wants to make this 
and we were talking about this earlier too that Alonso I think said in an article that he sees himself in Verstappen because he sees Hamilton as the dominant Schumacher back in um, you know 2005-2006 or yeah, I think it was 2005-2006 and yeah, now yeah because yeah, 2007 Draken in one so 2005-2006 is when Alonso won and he had to beat what five time world champion at that time in a row Schumacher so row, yeah. I think he's kind of rooting for the younger guy I mean I mean let's go Alonso do this more that's what I'm saying well I doubt this fight will ever I, don't, I doubt we'll ever do this fight <laughs> ever again I'm not gonna lie yeah yeah I don't think we will but yeah it was fun but then uh, it was fun so the, the the race result that we talked to you guys about in the beginning was not actually how it ended. Uh, do you want to talk well, about how, it? That's how the race ended, but because yeah. of technicalities, the order was actually different. Yeah, so like Vettel got called up to the swords for something, and uh, it turns out it was because after every race, it's a it's a common policy to check the fuels to get a sample of each car's fuel, and they need at least what one liter of fuel. One liter, yeah. And they only could get 0.3 liter of fuel. So for that, um, he was disqualified, which means that everybody would basically move up one position. That means Hamilton would be second, Sainz would be third, Alonso would be, what, fourth, and Gasly would be fifth. But uh, yeah. that just... <laughs> okay, it's it it this could it's probably isn't over because the disqualification is being appealed by Aston Martin. So what they're claiming, Aston Martin is claiming, is that Vettel's fuel pump was broken, and that's why they could only extract 0.3 liters of fuel. When in reality, he had 1.4 liters of fuel inside of it. So they're gonna appeal that, and hopefully, it does get like ratified or whatever. Yeah, because those are a lot of points. See him up there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of points for them, and also it's, it's good team Vettel because Vettel is a good guy. Yeah, he doesn't deserve this. Probably one of the most decent drivers on the grid in terms of being a good person. Yeah. But yeah. because of this... We didn't even mention this, dude. The but Williams got a double points finish. Oh my god. <laughs> like, yes. so, so Latifi and Russell finished P8 and P9 in the race, respectively. But because of Vettel's DQ, they get moved up to P7 and P8. Which means Williams gets a total of 10 points this race. That's insane. And TV finished ahead of Russell, which is a <laughs> meme kind of, but you know. My boy Nicky finally did it. <laughs> he finally. Did it. Somehow. <laughs> I mean, he I ca- he was just up there in P3 and then Russell was like, I can pit early and uh, sacrifice my race for for Nick Latifi. So, yeah, but the thing is, when you're P3, Russell's in P8, there's not much like correlation going yeah, on Yeah, you can't really do the team game at that point. Yeah. But he did but say it, so I'm points. sure Toto is looking at it and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Foaming in the mouth. Mentality. Nah, I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll see. I, 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 we'll see what happens in summer break. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Not right now, though. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say something, yeah, so but I, I'm gonna save it. Um, Williams finishes. Gets ten points. Kimi Raikkonen finishes what? He gets another one point for Austin Martin or Alfa Romeo. And then Max Verstappen gets two points, I think. No, he finishes P10, didn't he? Or P9. Yeah, but he gets moved up. He no, gets moved up. Oh, one. yeah, because he did. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So Verstappen gets two points. Yeah, so now, after all the chaos 
Mercedes leads Red Bull by 12 points. Mercedes is at 303 points. Red Bull's at 291. And now since both of them have two bad weekends, the you know what's crazy? Now that they both had two bad weekends, it's almost the exact same as Bahrain. In Bahrain, Mercedes has a 13-point lead. Now they have a 12-point lead. It's almost the exact same thing. Yeah. So now they're now they're on even footing, and now hopefully none of them have any shit weekends. We can all see some good racing. Honestly, we just need our second drivers to perform. Was it you who said it last episode that? Yeah, yeah. So what I said was that whoever's second driver finishes higher in the drivers' championship, that team's second driver or that team's first driver will win the will win the drivers' championship, and that team will win the constructors' championship. I will almost guarantee that. Yeah. Unless Hamilton runs away with it, which I don't think is possible. Not at least this right. season. Uh, yeah, it, it's still all up in the air, to yeah. be honest. Well, I Red would say this season because Red Bull has been really good with their car. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it changes a lot of things with the engine, you know? Yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. Uh, I mean, and honestly, Mercedes and Red Bull, they're both, they're, I'd say their cars are evenly matched at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they're just trading blows on every other circuit, so anything could happen at this point. Yep, but in other news, Ferrari and McLaren are tied. Hundred sixty-three points for each one of them. McLaren was still leading them last. I think it was by like twelve points they were leading by. Yeah, but this race, McLaren had a pointless finish, and Sainz obviously finished third. Yes, or effectively finished third. Yep. So, so. that's big points for Ferrari. Now they're tied. And then for P5 and... Uh, this is what I'm so so saying last episode, dude. I was telling you, Ferrari has a chance. They do, but just... I still believe in McLaren. I need right. Danny, because right now it's Norris versus... <laughs> yeah. Both yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. And Norris didn't finish, so... There goes all those points, and then Ricardo had... It's not fair to say Ricardo didn't do well, because he had a broken car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did He did what he could. He did what he could. But I think he's still finishing points. Did he? P- effectively P10, I think, I think right? P10. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because so I, I know he was in P... No. Because I know he was in P10 when uh, Verstappen was chasing him and Verstappen was in P11. Oh, well, I guess, yes, he did finish in P10 because of the Sebastian thing. Yeah. The Sebastian thing. Yeah. No, 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 no. He did not. Vicardo finished P11, Raikkonen finished P10. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Even after the Sebastian thing? Yes. How did he lose two positions? I I don't know, but Raikkonen did get ahead of Ricardo somehow. Damn. Uh, it is what it is. I feel like well, it's not again. He had spa. a broken car. It's not like much he, he can a, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna do better in Spa. I I, I feel it. Yeah. He he had the fastest uh, lap uh, in last year's Spa. I was looking at that. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, for, he had yeah, the he fastest lap. And I was like, what? I don't know how. <laughs> it is what I. Whatever. It's it's just random at this point. Speaking of fast slap, freaking Pierre Gasly got the fast slap this race. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Out of it. nowhere. He stole it yeah. from Hamilton. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Alpine leads the battle for P5 in the Constructors with 77 points. Alphatari Alpha Tari has 68 points. And Aston Martin is now slipping behind with 48 points. Would... It was a lot closer before this race. Yeah. So the 48 point doesn't take into account Sebastian's, right? That is without Sebastian's podium. So that would effectively be second. If it does get appealed. 
Oh, Aston Martin would be, um, I think there would be P4. Or no, shit, not P4, P6. Yeah, P6. Yeah. Second, I mean, it's like, I'm in second as in the battle between the three. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Aston Martin would be P6. Yeah. Uh, and then Williams leads the backmarker teams with 10 points. Alfa Romeo has three and Haas has zero. Can you just call this battle right here? I feel like it's done for, yeah. Yeah, Williams won the, the battle of the worst. Battle of the worst. Okay. <laughs> what, what else would you say? No, you're right. You're Battle right. of the I was slowest. Trying to be, I, was just, I was trying to be political and say backmarkers. <laughs> nah, yeah. I'm the ruthless one. Okay. I put a Ferrari P, uh, P8. This guy fucking... <laughs> now they're in P3, technically. Yes. Yeah, so once again, Hamilton gets lots of hit for no reason, but whatever. We'll have to look past that. You know, you know Hamilton... This guy is like the goat for real for saying this. He's like, but, oh, the booing just fuels me. Yeah. Like, that's a power move right it there. Is. That's like inspirational. I saw your I, I, I want to be like that. I saw your tweet. Yeah, <laughs> goat status, bro, no, honestly. That is legit goat status. I mean, again, he is the competitor to my guy, but like, Hamilton is a goat, and you can't deny that. There's no, no exactly. denying that. <laughs> I just don't understand why he gets hit. But anyway. It just, it just how it is. It's just unfortunate. Like, when, you, when you're at the top, all, all people do is hate at you. That's it, man. There's it's just no reason behind it either. It's I mean, just, it's like I don't like you. Same with any sport. It's just unfortunate. You're right. Yeah, Schumacher got this kind of hate too. Yeah, and you look at basketball. Senna got the hate too. You look at basketball. You see, you know, LeBron James, Tom Brady. All Do people, people hate LeBron James? I don't. I haven't seen anybody who dislikes LeBron James. Not people hate LeBron, LeBron James. Everybody just seems to have respect for him. They at certain one to do. Maybe we should start an NBA podcast too. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not into basketball. <laughs> Me all, neither. So I don't know about all that. I've seen like two games. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, this was the last race before our summer break. And now F1 takes a three-week summer break. And during this time, we usually see a lot of activity in the driver market. And, of course, if anything big happens, we'll report back on it. So key drivers to look out for, uh, for, for moving around the grid. Haha, <laughs> get it around the grid. Haha. <laughs> 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 We're ending. This is the last episode of the podcast. We're done. <laughs> After that no joke. more podcast. <laughs> yeah, so key drivers to look for Batas Perez, Gasly, Latifi, Russell, Raikkonen, Giovinazzi, and Schumacher. These drivers haven't signed for teams yet. So be on the lookout for anywhere that they go. And after the summer break concludes three weeks from now, the F1 season resumes at Spa in Belgium. This is a legendary circuit where F1 has raced since its inaugural season in 1950. This track is known for its massive elevation changes, long straights, and plentiful overtaking zones, so we usually, we usually see a pretty good race here. Uh, we last raced in Spa last year in 2020, where Hamilton won from pole, Bottas took second, and Verstappen took third, as always. But that's all for this episode, guys. I hope you all have enjoyed and if you did, please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AroundTheGreatF1. And leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And we will see you all sometime during the summer break. Bye, guys.